tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Sent feeling. So, what are we doing today? MTN. Live on Joy 99.7 FM, this is the Midday News. The news is also live on Love 99.5 FM in Kumasi, affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions. We're on Radio Justice in Tamale, Fafa Radio in Georgia, Jata FM in Karaga, Dreams FM in Bogatanga. We are live on Twitter Spaces. We're on Facebook and myjoyonline.com. The midday news is sponsored by Duraplus Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC pipes and water tank. Where Duraplus goes, water flows. This afternoon, all clear as the NDC minority backs the appointment of Committee's recommendation for the approval of the nomination of Gertrude Tokono as Chief Justice. We, the members of the Appointments Committee representing the National Democratic Congress, will not withhold our approval of the Chief Justice nominee by consensus. We're live in Parliament as the House gets set to debate the report. Also, no cattle, goats, sheep, pigs and dogs from Upper East. The latest directive by the Regional Security Council to contain the outbreak of anthrax disease, which has already claimed one life. And we are not allowing any animals from there because, you know, there are virus markets to be arrested and prosecuted because we put out the, 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 the notice and it's there. We're hearing from the Upper East Regional Minister and Butchers on the impact on their business. Supply we had Sunday, everything is running up, it's finishing. Because a day in Suraku alone, we kill more than 400 to 500 cattle. They even told us that we shouldn't, a cow from that place shouldn't come to town for a year. Also this afternoon, impending power crisis as independent power producers maintain they will not agree to restructure debt and will shut down plans in three weeks unless government meets their demands. Let everyone join hands to impress on government to make the monies available to us to keep our lights on. That is the June 30th still standing. We cannot overstretch ourselves. We cannot stretch ourselves beyond June 30th. But the ECG remains confident it will reach an agreement. We have sports. Ghana's Black Bombers face a major preparation challenge with four days remaining to the African Boxing Championship. And also RTI Commission finds Ghana Police Service 100,000 CDs for failing to provide information on police killings and brutality against 31 persons between 2011 and 2018. There's more as the commission gives the police 14 days to provide the information or risk paying 10% additional penalty on the fine. Details of that and later, days after the passing of an illustrious writer, Amma Ataedu, we hear extracts from her books, Diplomatic Pounds. Whoever first 
just said no we're cool knew exactly what they were talking about and cold ain't cool that's and more in this afternoon's edition of the midday news i am mfa apau Many thanks for staying on for details. This is your home of independent, fearless and credible journalism. This is Joy News. Now, this afternoon, the Appointments Committee of Parliament is speaking with one voice in their recommendation to the House to approve the nomination of Getro Tokonu as Chief Justice. The minority had earlier withheld their position on the approval of the nominee awaiting the full judgment of the Supreme Court ruling on NDC's James Jachikwesen case. But addressing the news conference a while ago, member of the committee, Mahama Ayariga said, though the caucus rejects some aspects of the ruling, they will back the approval. If even we admit that there should be some housekeeping matters at the point of filing nomination papers, that should be the appropriate province of legislation and not judicial enactment. What they did was to enact laws, the Supreme Court, not to interpret the text of the Constitution of Ghana. James, Judge Kwesin is gearing up to contest the by-election in Asin North which has been brought about by the Supreme Court's decision. In that regard, we, the members of the Appointments Committee representing the National Democratic Congress, NDC, will not withhold our approval of the Chief Justice nominee by consensus. We will not withhold our approval of her by consensus. Her CV reveals a person of considerable experience, having served as a judge from the High Court to the Court of Appeal and ultimately at the Supreme Court. Women who have acquitted themselves should be given opportunities to occupy key national offices. Even as we disagree with her jurisprudence, we find her qualified to occupy the High Office of Chief Justice of the Republic of Ghana. Well, the minority has concerns about um, portions of the Supreme Court's judgment in the James Jachikwesen case, insisting the Apex Court attempted to rewrite the Constitution instead of interpreting same. Fidelity to the text of the Constitution of Ghana would have dictated that the controlling provisions in the resolution of the dispute are the words qualified to be a member of parliament. Disappointingly, a professed textualist like our CJ nominee abandoned the text and chose to read into the text of the Constitution a replacement text, quote, qualified to file nomination papers to contest for election as a member of parliament. She read this into the Constitution while the Constitution was dealing with qualified to be a member of parliament but what she was busy doing in the reasoning is to read the constitution as saying qualified to file nomination papers to contest for election as a member of parliament this is exactly why the ndc minority members of parliament on the appointments committee wanted to wait for the reasoning to see if the chief justice nominee justice jetrude Araba Esaba Tokono would be true to her publicly professed textualist approach to constitutional interpretation. Well, let me take you live to Parliament now. And Parliamentary Affairs correspondent Kweku Asante joins us. Kweku, let's talk about um, the Appointments Committee's report. Has it been laid? 
However, the House has not started sitting yet. But if you look at the business statement report, which we have just secured copies of, it appears that will be the major business for today. And as soon as the Speaker enters the chamber, governs the House in session, the Deputy Speaker may be called upon to lay the committee's report. The, 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 the standing orders will be abridged. Standing order provisions having to do with 48 hours rules, among others, will all now be shelved for the report to be dealt with today, given that the coast is now clear on both sides for them to go ahead and approve her. We haven't seen the report yet, but from every indication that we have seen so far in the House, from what Mahamayaga and the minority have just stated, and also a copy of the business statement report, that appears that will be the major business for today. But I'm sure you've been finding out from both sides of the House. Are they all on one page on the House side, stepping its own provisions and approving the nominee today? That's exactly the, 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 the sense we are getting. Indeed, in the next few minutes, we expect that the majority leader of the Chairman's Abons will also be addressing the news conference on this same matter to try and see how both sides can come together and move this business agenda through. It appears there's no much, not, not so much controversy in terms of how to go ahead with it. And as soon as the majority leader is able to give us an indication of how this business will be done, then the Speaker of Parliament will get in and then the, the House will now consider this, this report from the appointment committee. Well, being the very first uh, meeting for this particular uh, session, I'm sure that you've been finding out what else we're expecting to happen throughout this particular meeting. So uh, a, number of, a number of key issues are expected to happen. The majority chief with Frank Anodon Plus already indicated on social media that this government is going to put in a number of new financial bills. Don't, don't, don't forget that just before Parliament went on break, it approved some new taxes. It appears some new taxes are going to come, some new financial bills. Some going to amend previous ones. And so all these issues are not going to be dealt with. From today, these new taxes will be laid for the House to take care of it before it goes on break, expected to be around the end of July or early August. That's our parliamentary affairs correspondent, uh, Quick Santi there. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Um, us and when we get more from Parliament, we'll take you there. But the outbreak of anthrax in part of the Upper East region has compelled the Regional Security Council to take strong steps to contain it, including an absolute ban on the transit, sale and eating of ruminants from the region's eastern corridor. It comes after one person died from the infection and others being treated. Some animals have also died in the process. According to an emergency meeting conducted, yesterday, no animals should be moved uh, from the impacted regions and failing to follow the prohibition will result in prosecution. We'll get to hear from the regional minister shortly, but first, let's get more information about the directives and uh, from that particular statement that has been issued. Mami Sinyamiche Thompson, my colleague, has details, uh, joins me in studio uh, with more. What else is in the statement, Mami Sinyamiche? So, MFR, the ban started yesterday, and according to the statement, it is placed on the movement of all small ruminants, that sheep, goats, pigs, cattle, and dogs from the eastern corridor of the region, including the Boku municipality, Boku West, Pusiga, Garu, Tempani, and Binduri districts. And also, the MCEs, DCEs have been to ensure that the slaughtering, sale, and consumption of the cattle, sheep, goats, and dogs are banned for a period of one month, effective from yesterday. Also, veterinary officers have been directed to commence the vaccination of the following categories of animals that that are cattle, dogs, sheep, and goats. And owners of animals are to make their animals available for the vaccination at their respective places of residence and the vaccination is free and this has been signed by the regional minister 
Okay. And thankfully, we've been hearing from the regional minister himself, Stephen Yakubu. He says the guidelines are intended to preserve human and animal life. He also mentions that animal immunization has begun. I can tell you that it's contained now because of the, the quick uh, active actions that we are taking. And we are not allowing any animals from there because, you know, there are various markets. You know, they have family markets that sometimes they take uh, distance to the other markets. And we have banned movement of this uh, so that it doesn't spread in the, even in the region and also in the country. So you see that we've, what we have done, it is only happening within the Binduri district. But you see that we've banned all the, the other five municipality, one municipality, and then the other district because they're close by into the center and then also to the, if I talk of the center, the Borgatang area, and also the western center, that is where the Navarongo area. You know, we have a border with uh, northeast, uh, so we, 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 we are also informing them to also to be very vigilant. And what happens if anybody flouts this directive? He'll be arrested and prosecuted because we put out the, 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 the notice and it's there. And uh, that is why we want to sensitize everybody to understand the risk of eating any, any, anything like that. So if, if, if it's out there and you flout the law, you'll be arrested and prosecuted. That's what we'll do. That's the Upper East Regional Minister Stephen Yakubu there speaking to Mami Senior Michet Thompson. Well, this will undoubtedly have an influence on the cattle market, particularly those that acquire uh, their supply from there. Sakura and Adongo works as butchers in Bogatanga Slaughterhouse. Uh, environmental people came uh, indicators concerning about those things. They even told us that we shouldn't, they, 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 a cow from that place shouldn't come to town, Bologa here. Uh, so we don't buy cattle from those that, apart from within the communities. We can contain it in Bologna here. It's better. But we know about it. By the veterinary, to the veterinary people who are there. So the toilet. Cow from that side, they, are, they will not allow for a cow to enter here. From within, within Bologna, Bologna villages, Gampibugo, Siruko, just within, within the villages around, around town. Now, let me take you to Tulaku, is the livestock headquarters here in Tema and also serves part of Accra, the eastern region and the Volta region. Butchers believe it will significantly influence sales, especially with its celebrations just around the corner. Musa Abdullahi Mohammed is a butcher there. It wouldn't be enough. The supply we had Sunday, everything is running up. It's finishing. Because a day in Tulaku alone, we kill more than 400 to 500 cattle a day. So you can see one butcher can slaughter 10 cows, another butcher can slaughter 15 cows. And I'm not talking about the ones they sent to Medina, the one they sent to Accra, part of Accra also slaughter. If the animals don't come in, it will affect the Salah celebration, especially the rams and the cattle. Because mostly when it is Salah, we, we, we normally sacrifice more rams and then cattle. Each individual is supposed to buy an animal one or two or three each person because if you have your mother who is still alive and it's a big sandler definitely you have to buy a ram for your mother or your father and buy a ram for yourself now let's turn our attention to energy related matters and the chamber of independent power producers ipp say its members will shut down their plans in three weeks unless government meets their demands they are owed at least 1.4 billion dollars and government has so far been working around the clock to get them to agree to have these debts restructured ceo of the chamber elik blim afertogbo says members are struggling to keep their businesses afloat our conditions or severity of our situation is something that cannot be negotiated. Uh, we have 
done everything possible to keep, to manage the situation, but it has gone beyond our control. So really nothing has changed. Our ultimatum to government, that is the June 30th, is still standing. We cannot overstretch ourselves, we cannot stretch ourselves beyond June 30th. If the payments are not made available, what then is likely to happen? Uh, we have overstretched ourselves. What we are able to do is what can carry us to the end of June and cannot go beyond. So uh, let me say the, the, the position stands. There is nothing we could do about it. We have cases in the past whereby anytime we are pressed with time, we approach government in this manner. Government will come in and make some small payment to us. Then we'll go back and say, that, oh, let's keep the faith. But I think this case, we have serious cases in hand. Most of our IPPs have defaulted in their loan repayment, their creditors here and there, pursuing them. The kind of facilities we have with these private lenders, it is, if it is about one month to the time, you will start receiving reminders that failure to pay your loan or your loan on due dates, these are the penal clauses for what we have signed for, which we that's the CEO of the Chamber of Independent Power Producers, Eli Blim Apetogbo. Well, the IMF has asked government to undertake an audit of the power plants to ensure that government is actually paying the right amount. Ms. Apetogbo suspects it's a strategy to delay payment. Oh, we are open to any kind of audit. I can tell you that these things have happened time and again. Auditing of our invoices. Let me tell you, it's just a strategy to buy time. But all the same, they have every right to do so. But the issue is that the consequences of any further delay cannot be averted if that is a strategy to delay payment to us. Oh, you feel this is part of the strategy to, to delay payment and, and that your uh, 30th June deadline may not be met. You feel that's what government is doing? Exactly. Now, the electricity company of Ghana is also leading the talks with the IPPs. Managing Director Samuel Dubik Mahama insists an agreement will be reached. We've had very, very productive discussions and they would not go off with all confidence. So we should ignore all this, they will go off, we'll go off. And so I would say ignore because we do owe them. So I would say ignore, but what I'll say is that the conversations are far advanced to avert something like this. And so I can say with all confidence that it won't come to that. So what, what have you agreed on currently? So as I said earlier, there are a few NDAs in place, but uh, let me give you a small whole we are trying to find a way to make sure that the money expected of us to pay is reasonable and is within our reach. Because what IMF is saying that ring fence legacy debt, but you have to stay current. If the the, the those excess and idle capacity charges are still existent, we cannot be current. We can hear from a former uh, chief executive of the Volta River Authority, Dr. Charles Rekubobe, who wants the sector depoliticized. It is so politicized. One of the first things I would say is that going forward, we should actually depoliticize uh, demand provision, the timing of PPAs, etc., etc. Years ago, when the um, DRA was a power generator and therefore was responsible for demand and forecasting and supply, they did the negotiations with IPPs, etc., and they actually uh, did this on a tender basis to ensure that whoever we contracted 
provided us with the best possible pricing. And more importantly, they looked into the future to ensure that we did the contracting five, six, seven years ahead so we didn't run into emergency situations. That's former CEO of VRA, Dr. Charles Reco-Brobe. Now, the right to information, that's the RTI Commission, has fined the Ghana Police Service 100,000 CDs for failing to provide information on the alleged police murder of 11 civilians and brutalities against 20 other persons. The information requested by the Commonwealth Human Rights Initiative Africa sought updates on investigations regarding the 31 cases that's between 2011 and 2018. But in a 10-page ruling by the RTI Commission, Commission. The Commission notes that the Ghana Police Service deliberately refused to respond to all letters written to it through the IGP since June 2022. My colleague James Aveji has a copy of that RTI ruling, um, Commission ruling, and joins us in studio with details. Let's talk about the pronouncement of the Commission on the matter. Yes, so the Commission actually uh, come to the resolution that the police has have deliberately uh, refused to uh, uh, respond to all three letters written to them on different occasions and so it has um, uh, ruled that the uh, the Ghana Police Service actually pay 100,000 Ghana cities for failure to provide the information. They also noted that in the next 14 days if they refuse to provide the information or refuse to pay the 100,000 Ghana cities, they will pay a default penalty of 10 percent on the hundred thousand Ghana cities. Thank you very much James Aveji there taking us on a quick break here on the Midday News. We are live on Joy 99.7 FM here in Accra in Kumasi we are on Love 99.5 FM and a number of affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions including Jatai FM in Karaga, Dreams FM in Bogatanga. We are on Twitter Spaces we are on Facebook and MyJoyOnline.com and the Midday News is proudly sponsored by Duraplus Ghana Limited producers of quality PVC pipes and water tank where Duraplus goes, water flows. The minority, NDC minority on the appointments committee have given the all clear in terms of their recommendation for the approval of the nomination of Getru Tokonu as Chief Justice. When we return, we go for sport and then it's time for the National Science and Mass Quiz. And GSTS faces an uphill opposition against St. John's in a heated battle for a sport in the Nationals in the first contest in the Western region. And then much later, days after the passing of an illustrious writer, Amma Atta Edu, here, extracts from her book, Diplomatic Pounds. Whoever first said nowhere cool knew exactly what they were talking about, and cold ain't cool. Thanks for sticking with us. It's the midday news time for sports. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, for now, the Black Moments head coach Ufori Asari wants a residential camp for his team with only four days remaining to a major tournament. The Ghanaian side are expected to participate in the African Boxing Championship in Cameroon from June 10. Now, due to lack of resources, the boxers have resorted to a non-residential training. Coach Asari is worried about the situation. Uh, I want us to be in camp. Preparing 
for the uh, African Games, especially. The GBF or the Boston Foundation is doing marvelously well, even though it is not a camping, a residential camping, non-residential So I wish we have uh, support in terms of camping so that they can rest, they can uh, uh, eat well, uh, control their food properly, uh, because you know uh, uh, dietary is very, very important in terms of developing their, their, their uh, fitness for uh, competition. So we need to control their, 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 their intake, their food. So that's Black Bombers head coach Uforias Asari speaking mm-hmm. exclusively to Joyce Boss. Thank you very much, Mubarak. I'll take you now to the Ashanti region. We hit Kumewu this time, and residents there are unhappy with the pace of work and the construction of roads in the area. The concerned residents claim the speed of work experience ahead of the recent by-election has slowed down. They also doubt the quality of the work, considering the project lacks a drainage system. There's more in this report by my colleague Nana Bwache Dankwayadom. Construction of roads in the Kumeu constituency took off after the death of the Member of Parliament, Philip Basua. The timing of the development was questioned by both residents and a section of Ghanaians, claiming the swiftness was due to the impending by-elections, an assertion debunked by the road ministry. No, 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 I mean, no, I mean, by-election will not move our, our, our government, our party to go and start development projects. Procurement will take not less than uh, six to eight weeks to do. So the fact that you have a contract as a contractor uh, and the contract has been signed and all, you know, within these two, two and a half weeks means that it has been done already. Though the contractor is on site, some road users claim the work is progressing at a snail pace compared to the speed of work ahead of the by-elections. <laughs> The pace of work here has slowed significantly. How the work is progressing is nothing compared to when all public officials assembled here. No bridge and segmented outcomes. From here to Bodumase has been tarred, but the next town has been neglected. From Fijase to the Zungo has been tarred, but not the next town. We don't understand. All appears the work is being done in fragments. They don't even end a place before they move to the next. Well, President Akufado has meanwhile assured that ongoing works in the Kumewu Township will continue, and he's been speaking at a meeting with the newly elected member of parliament for the area. The, the people who have come to do the work, they will stay and finish the work before they move. There won't be a question that it was just an election given. That would, that would not be my taste and would not be correct at all. Zenin, you have a big responsibility. Kumewu is a very important situation. One of the leading constituencies in the country. So now you are their, their mouthpiece, their representative. You have to deliver. And, but we believe you can. Well, still on roads here in the Greater Accra region, residents, motorists and business owners living along the Dawenya to Pong barrier stretch of the main Accra Plow Road are calling for a speedy completion of road expansion works to end years of the heavy traffic situation. My colleague Carlos Caloni has been to the area. He tells the story. 
at 15 minutes past 6 a.m. Monday morning here on the Dowenya Road. And there's already a gridlock on the stretch spanning over five kilometers from Kumbaria all the way to the Dowenya Township. As part of measures aimed at reducing traffic congestion on the Dowenya Road, the government signed a $100 million contract with a UK-based construction firm, BHM, on 25th September 2020 for the design and construction of 17 kilometers long Tema Aflau Phase 1 project. Expected to be completed within 18 months, residents and motorists along the stretch say the slow pace of work one year on has worsened the traffic situation, which is negatively impacting their health and productivity. They'll do small and they'll stop. We don't understand what is going on. If you sit for a long time, your spinal cord is not a problem. So for health aspect is there, and you're also wasting a lot of oil in and that's Carlos Caloni's report. And the National Science and Mass Quiz is here. And I'll take you to the Western region. And this time, Ghana Secondary Technical School, GSTS, and St. John's School engage in a fiercely contested battle for a coveted sport in the Nationals. Former champions, GSTS, determined to redeem themselves after a shocking defeat in the previous qualifiers. Well, my colleague, Michael Ashali, is there for us from Takrade. He gives us all the rundown. Michael, what are we missing? So, until a few minutes ago, the race still remained undecided between GSTS and St. John's. But just now, thankfully, the contest ended. And St. John's, for the first time in two years, will be going to the Nationals. They managed to get 46 points. And St. John's, uh, who gave them a very fierce battle, came through with 41 points. That is because they lost just two positions in the final round there. So that is how it's going to happen. St. John's will get a spot in the Nationals. MFR. Thank you so much. That's Michael Papani Ashale reporting from the Western region for the National Science and Mass Quiz. And unfortunately, the last day of May this year was colored with grief following the demise of one of Africa's illustrious writers and activists, Ama Ataidu. Born on 23rd March 1942, Ama Ataidu was known for her impactful publications and advocacies on women empowerment. Days after her demise, tribute we know have been pouring in and still pouring in across the globe eulogizing her gallant contributions to the world of literature. Well, in today's edition of Joy News Remembrance Series, we bring you excerpts from her book, Diplomatic Pounds, read by veteran Ghanaian actor, cultural activist and filmmaker, Akofa Ejiani. This is from Amate Du's Diplomatic Pounds and Other Stories. And here's an excerpt from New Lesson. That's why I'm actively wishing him ill with a nicely rounded female kiss that he falls hopelessly in love with that young woman, whoever she is. That would complicate things very nicely for him, wouldn't it? And in the meantime, what I've got to admit is that whoever first said, no, we're cool, knew exactly what they were talking about. After all, much of the time, most of the places where we are likely to live on this earth are either hot, very hot, or cold, very cold and cold and cool and nowhere definitely cool